Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the podcast where each week we watch the very first televised episode of a different sitcom, review it based on just what we saw in that episode alone, ignoring any knowledge we may or may not have about future episodes. This week we're going to be talking about Married with Children. Married with Children went 259 episodes over 11 seasons on Fox. We're going to be reviewing episode one, which was called Pilot, which originally aired April 5th. 1987. So to start things off, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the guys, Gordo, Ferg, Nick, and Joe. Guys, how's it going? hey yo Why didn't you get me juice? <laughs> oh, pen. I thought you were going to go another way with that one. Daikami Bimbo, that was my other one. So to start off, I just want to remind everybody to follow us on all our social medias. S1E1Pod.com is where you can find us. Our Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, all that's there. S1E1Pod.com. Go check that out. And when you are following us on, uh, whether it be Spotify or Apple, please subscribe, rate, review, do all that fun stuff. It means a lot to us. Really helps us out. So um, please do that. But to get going on the show, guys, first off, how's everyone doing? Fantastic. And has anyone here not seen Married with Children up until the recording of this episode? It would have only been Gordo, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, this is, right, so, no, so we're no. good here. Definitely, we're five for five. Have seen it before. I was a little surprised to see that there were that many seasons and episodes. I didn't know that, honestly. It ran a while. And you know what surprised me also is like, I guess in my head, it didn't start as early as it did. So uh, for those who don't know, everyone on this show, we were all born within um, 1985 to 1986. So to see that the show started in 87 was a little bit of a surprise to me because I kind of felt like I was around for all of it. Not, we were technically around, but I feel like I was older and remember it in full in its original run and really we didn't we caught most of it syndicated yeah i didn't think it was that old i remember watching the whole last season like live when it was like every i do i remember seeing new episodes but i thought i thought it started in the 90s i didn't realize it was an 80s yeah i mean when it ended we're all about 12 13 years old so obviously old enough to watch it then but just walking around middle school with our no ma'am shirts on (laughs) (laughs) hands down our pants bob rooney still do that so let's get going right with the intro. It yeah, starts- you can't see Gordo's hands right now. That leads me to believe that he's doing an Al Bundy maneuver. Everyone hands up. So uh, yeah, so the intro to the show, it starts off with like a shot of the fountain, which, you know, we're ignoring other episodes, but it's kind of an iconic start to the show. You just remember it. I have no idea why that's how it really starts. It's just kind of a random shot to go by. I'm, I'm sure it's some sort of a monument to the area, right? But I, I don't really, it just seemed like a, doesn't they're really Chicago, right? Yeah, they're in it's- Chicago. Are there ca- are there cars in this intro? Not no, no, it's just the just the shot of the fountain with the stamp. You get that stamp, married with children. It's kind of like this ooze. I never understood the ooze. It's more of yeah. the intro to that though. This the whole thing of him giving the money to each kid. That's yeah. after the initial stamp. So what happens is it, uh, it cuts to you have "Love and Marriage" uh, by Frank Sinatra is playing. You have the shot of the fountain. Married with children. Married is dripping in ooze oh, with children is stamped. All right, I didn't realize you were just breaking down yeah. the parts of the intro. Yeah, and then from there, we get into the shot of Al sitting on the couch, just kind of lifeless, and everyone in the family, including the dog, uh, take turns getting money from him. But yeah, no, to go back to like what Nick was saying, the, the slime like over married, that stamp with children has that very like um, like uh, court verdict feel to it, like uh, approved, denied. It's giving you that early picture that this isn't a happy family life, right? Yeah, it's, it's like dark and dreary. It, yeah, everything that like because yeah. slime and the stamp, it's just not like positive imagery. I do. What do you think of the song, though? I think it's a, a pretty upbeat song for the imagery, right? And then you come right into it the first time you see it. Like if you were trying to think of this as a you don't know anything else about the show, you wouldn't expect from the song for it to be, I think, the type of show it is. Yeah, it's like the song doesn't fit, but it fits. And I think the visual aids for the intro is what makes it work. Yeah, it's very sarcastic. It's like sarcastically there. And then this is one of the first shows that Fox did that was an original, right? So it's interesting that they sprung for the money. I mean, Murdoch has the money, but it's interesting on a brand new network, they would spring for the money and even have it in perpetuity for syndication to have a Frank Sinatra song. Right, Yeah. yeah. Well, I was reading that the rights to the show were so expensive that uh, it's why you weren't seeing it. I don't know if that was for while it was still on or in syndication after the fact. What One of them was way too expensive and it caused an issue. That's strange because usually it's music that causes that. Like The Wonder Years was a, a famously right. TV show. A Drew Carey show. Time. Drew Carey show is the one that's still not anywhere except for terrestrial TV. 
Right. And because we were introduced to the whole family in the intro, I don't know if you guys want to get into the cast a little bit now before we get into the specifics of the episode, but we have Al, who's played by Ed O'Neill, who I I think going into the show, I'm sure he was in stuff, but I can't think of anything that he would be known for before. Everything I can think of is afterwards. Is there anything? What was that? He's one of the main cops in Cruising with Al Pacino. And then Peggy Bunny. Also in Wayne's World. Yeah, but Wayne's World was after that. That was like early 90s. But boy, is he great in Wayne's World. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Why do they he works come at to Stan Makita's Donuts. <laughs> he had recently done Of Mice and Men before this show, I think. Oh, that's a departure. Was he Lenny? Yeah, they, they were hesitant on him because they thought he was going to be too much of a serious <laughs> actor for the role. But it turns out that, <laughs> no, that, that wasn't the case. Well for them. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't picture anybody yeah. else being Al Bundy. We have him. Katie Seagal playing Peggy Bundy, who... It's funny because like all these years later, you know, 34 years or so since the premiere of the first episode. You forgot she was good looking? No, I think she's good looking now. That's my point. She's, no, she's, she's like, I think not she's good aged, looking now. You don't think so? I think she's no. aged pretty nice. Yeah, I'm with Jay. She's still a babe. Yeah, for her age, like, I think she looks great. But um, Before and, this, and she was a musician, right? She used to like, put out a bunch of records. She's, she's a, a singer, singer and stuff, yeah. yeah. And she's like, um, and I think when this episode came out, she's only around like 33 years old. So I think they like play her look to look a little older. And we'll get into that kind of as we get into the specifics of the episode. But so yeah, Al Peggy and then the kids, Bud and Kelly Bundy. Bud is played by David Faustino, who I don't think has done a ton before or after. I think he's really just known for being Bud. Not to say he hasn't had any other work, but nothing that stands out to me that I can think of. Yeah, you'd see him pop up and stuff occasionally around the time this show was still on. But yeah, nothing huge. Hopefully he just, you know, doesn't need to work and said fuck it. Yeah, and Christina Applegate who has had I don't think before did anything, but since I mean this show really blew up uh her and then she has done a ton of stuff since a ton of movies and t- television. So she's don't tell she's very long there's dad a classic. Kelly Bundy was one of my first crushes growing up. Uh, her and the Pink Power Ranger. So three, I mean, three out of four of them are still like very, very all over television today, like 34, 35 years later. So yeah, I don't good know on Modern Family, you know, just ended. Modern Family will be another good one to do on the show. We watched all of Modern Family is one of those shows that was just on TV all the time. And then finally it got put on Hulu or whatever. And we were like, oh, we should watch this whole thing. And we got like, that's what I, that's so what I did too. It. And then it was the like teary eyed at the end. I've seen limited episodes. I never got fully into it. And I'm sure at some point we're going to do a modern family episode. It's only, yeah. you know, it only makes sense for us to eventually hit something like that. So, you know, stay tuned. Uh, so let's just get into the beginning of the actual show. So the very first scene you see, um, Kelly Bundy, the daughter sitting on the couch and Bud, the, her younger brother sneaks up behind her like kind of like he's like he's playing like rambo he's, he's kind of has like the army-ish gear on and a headband yeah this would have been the time of rambo 3 yeah and he walks up behind her with a fake knife and goes die commie bimbo <laughs> <laughs> you're immediately brought right into the 80s too where it's like the rambo joke calling somebody a commie like everything is and a bimbo and a, and bimbo. a bimbo yeah like things you couldn't do now i mean this show has a lot of things you couldn't do now oh yeah i feel like that oh my god yeah just yeah. just that line alone, I thought, really set the tone, right? Like, you think die commie bimbo to start a family sitcom. When you think of a typical family sitcom, you're telling people right away, this isn't your average, everybody's happy television family, right? Like, that's that's a strong opening line for probably, a show. I probably should have looked up. Do you know what time this aired, like, when it was on? Was it like a night, like a like a I think like 9 p.m. Show? 8 or 9 p.m. Yeah, so... Because, you know, it was an adult show. Right, but I, I th- I'm just comparing to other family sitcoms. And, and the only one I could really pull from other than that, like, modern day around that time with, like, Roseanne. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. that's, it's not a very cookie-cutter family. Yeah. And Roseanne, yeah. I want to say, is probably the same year, too. Uh, Probably right around there. I'd have to double-check, yeah, but you're right, in that, right around that zone. But, yeah, you don't see Steven, you don't see uh, Stefan or Kel calling Laura a commie bimbo, right? It just wasn't what was <laughs> going on Why are you bimbo? <laughs> you know, and we are also introduced to the house by this opening scene. And again, like I said, like like Roseanne, the house is, it's realistic. It's not the nicest house. It's not a bad house. It's not like it's disgusting or anything, but it's realistic. It looks lived in. It's it's not fancy. Uh, very brown and tan. Which, I don't know. It's just, just, it always that was got, the time, but, I think, too. Yeah. I mean, for, I mean, they're in a suburb of Chicago, right? So that's yeah. probably, uh, I mean, that was the thing, right? They, this has been talked about before, too, is they, they played this off as like the, the down in the dumps, like husband and family. And it was supposed to be like subpar, everything, but it was a, it was a fairly decent sized house. 
So yeah, two floors, spacious. Yeah. Yeah, a nice, floor. I mean, it's a nice oh, house. Garage. Yeah, there's a garage, there's a car, there's a dog. They yeah. own the house, and then Al, they found out what Al does for a job. So, like, it's, yeah, when you look at it now, especially, like, through the lens of, like, as being an adult, like, shows like this are weird as a kid versus being an adult. Roseanne's another great example that you just get a totally different vibe from it. Yeah, and on top of it all, he's still handing out cash. It's like, how much yeah. does this dude make? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, guy some goddamn the, only juice, thing, man. the only thing that's bad about that house is that atrocious wallpaper. Like that wallpaper is is. I don't bad. know. I think the wallpaper and everybody loves Raymond a couple weeks ago was uh. Even yeah, worse. this is worse than that. This I mean, I, to I compare, didn't, I didn't even look at the wallpaper on either sitcom. I wouldn't say either flagged my attention the most, but I would say from having just covered Everybody Loves Raymond on our show a few weeks ago, and now if I had to pick one of those two houses to live in, I would probably live in the Everybody Loves Raymond home Agreed. over yeah. over this one. I'd rather live in Chicago than New York, though. Well, also too, you have like the mismatched couch you have in the the, the chair, and everything like that. Like you, you definitely get a get a picture of who these people are. Yeah, that was the kind of vibe I got. It was or, so. This is the late '80s. They probably the house was probably built in you know the '60s, and they never brought it up. You know what I mean? They just yeah, it looks the same it, as yeah. the day they moved yeah. in. Right after the Rambo like interaction with the kids, they both have to go to school. And as they're leaving, uh, Al, the husband, comes down the stairs with bandages on his hand because Peggy put a cactus <laughs> where his alarm lot. clock normally is. And he's carrying the cactus, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was a good intro. Like, you could see, like, it's just like a he hates his life. And you can see why from the second he walks downstairs. It's just one yeah. of those things. By the way, I love the continuity. He keeps that bandage on yep. the entire episode. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's not just like for that scene. Like kind of a bold too, yeah. joke for like a episode one too, right? To kind of go with like a visual cue like that to to last throughout the whole episode. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of bickering back and forth between Al and Peggy right from the start. As soon as he comes downstairs, he gets on her about the cactus. She tells a joke about how Bud has to, you know, at school, it's like, what does your father do day? And like, so if there's a beer in the remote missing, that's why. They're just kind of, they're riffing on each other nonstop in the beginning. This is the, the moment where the show totally changes into just joke, 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 joke. It yeah. is impressive how yeah. many jokes they just get off in 22 minutes and how many of them land and are funny. Like taking notes for this, I just, I, had to, I, I don't usually pause a show. I can usually write while I'm watching. This was so rapid fire and so much. And it was all great. So then writing I have two pages of notes are probably just jokes that he said. They're not worth repeating again, probably. But at the time, it seemed relevant. Yeah. Um. And there's a thing about he's he's going through the fridge at the time. And during that, he does mention the Bulls game, wanting to watch the Bulls game. So that's the fr- we talked already about how the show set in Chicago. That's the first time that you would have the only reason I knew it was Chicago was. Yeah. They mentioned the bulls game a few times throughout the episode. And I, you know, Joe, you talked about a lot of jokes back and forth, maybe not going over every single one of them, but one that it really caught me was that there's a point where she's complaining that he's leaving the refrigerator open for too long. And he's like, Oh, sorry. Maybe I should look for some food in the dishwasher. And I don't know why, but that one got me the most out of like that whole scene. That one, like really that hit me. What that made me think of too is you remember that show that was like it was something about like couponers or cheapskates or something. It was like world's cheapest people. There was an episode where a person was trying to create a lasagna in their dishwasher, like cook it, and they were like, "Well, the dishwasher gets hot enough if we put the lasagna in there and just seal it tight enough so no water gets in." Did you make that show (laughs) up? Because I've never heard of world's cheapest people. I'll find it and send it to you. I've I've actually seen that. Really, I've heard of the show, but I've never seen it. It was dare I say bonkers, Gordo. Nobody says bonkers, though. I say it all the time. <laughs> no, the you word. don't. You literally made that up for here. He didn't make it up. Make it's it up like a real here. word. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he made it up. I, I would question how often it's used, but I say it by very Joe, often. Yeah. I don't have, I'm not trying to get a hook for our podcast. Yeah. I'm not going to be the bonkers guy. This is no, not my I clearly was trying to get Bobo working last week. <laughs> well, we're going yeah, to have to, we're going to secure guy. the rights to S1E1Shop.com. We can get the Joe Bonkers shirt, uh, you know, so that'll be ready in a few weeks. Keep an eye out. Our prices are bonkers. Joey Bobo. We need to get, uh, if we're going to sell merchandise, not to get on too big of a tangent, we need to, is Dollar Bill still alive? I mean, I think that's only regional, so sorry to people that don't live in the New England area, but I don't if know, we can get Dollar I, I Bill, he is weird. alive, but his store is closed. Oh. I've done, re- yeah, I all the looked them up closed. recently. I was going to say, you had that information quick. Dollar Bill, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> used to have these infomercials of like this kind of discount price store that he owned, and he would, his, uh, famously would wear this umbrella hat with Dollar Bills hanging all over it. 
and do 40 minute long live commercials where you go, hey, oh, hey, hey. And I could not turn them off. When they were no, on, always. I could not turn away from them. So I went uh, there a few times. Of- I remember one time there was a John Wayne standee for sale next to a pair of handcuffs. And it was like the most, <laughs> that's what this place sells moment ever. It's like, oh yeah, you need <laughs> yep. handcuffs and a six foot tall John Wayne. Let's do this. We, we Dollar Bill, we will hire you um, to promote our merchandise. Uh, oh, all day. <laughs> if and when it's available. So, uh, you know, please get in contact. And Al Caprillion. I was going to say, are they hanging I was going to say, can, can we make our own sitcom with him and Al Caprillion? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry to those of you who don't live in the general area that we do who have no idea what we're talking about for the last few minutes, but... <laughs> Tough titties. Just, just Google it. I'm sure you'll find stuff on YouTube or something. And, Interesting and to note, it. too, actually. Those, those are all on YouTube, by the way. You can watch all of them. And I will. I've also done recently. <laughs> Um, if, if this is right, uh, I don't know if it is cause it doesn't really make any sense, but they had mentioned later on because we talked about the Bulls that they were playing the Lakers. They only played the Lakers once in 1987. And so you can kind of pinpoint this as Friday, February 20th, 1987. It definitely didn't look like a winter in Chicago no, it didn't. from my no. experience. I've been, I've been in Chicago. Oh, did they show outside? Year. I don't remember them showing. He just outside. wasn't. We- he was wearing like a light jacket. Yeah, the there way people are dressed. Yeah. Um, she went when out the neighbors like come over, when yeah. the neighbors come over later, you see him at work. You could see outside when the, when he's at work, and we'll get into that in a second because I want to close out springy February. Sometimes you get it warm February. It is. It might. It might. It could be. Um. And yeah, to close out the scene because they're going on a little they bit are, more. They're and, poor. I, maybe they can't afford jackets. Well, I don't think we just established they're not really yeah, poor. poor. They survive on like a on like a one salary income for the house and everything. But um, one thing I want to touch on before we move away from this scene is the fact that Al really wanted some juice because they they call back to this throughout the episode. So I really wanted to mention it now. Uh, Peggy just didn't go to the store and he was upset. I mean, this is a very like typical old school like family roles where it was like the the male was the the provider and, and the in the wife was the you know uh the mother and the housekeeper type role and he was very upset that she did not go to the store and pick up juice because when she said she didn't have time he was like oh do you have a job <laughs> yeah that got me <laughs> his delivery of that yeah. there was something so so <laughs> I, he just he's just his character right away right like yes and uh, trying to ignore anything we know about the show in the future but like he is Al Bundy. Like there is no Ed O'Neill is Al Bundy from the second the show starts. Oh, and, the, and, this, and the, is, this is too is where the rapid fire really starts to take off because yeah, everything from here on in, especially when he leaves and goes to the his work, it's just nonstop. Oh, whenever he's at oh, work, God. yeah, everyone should do themselves a favor and just watch the compilations on, on YouTube of just him at work with, with the customers. They're amazing. It's funny because, uh, again, I, I really don't want to get into other episodes. We really need to focus on this one. But, yeah, it's hard not to, though. You know, for an 11-year show that we all are pretty familiar with, his interactions with customers are almost the same for 11 years, but it's always unique and funny regardless, <laughs> even though it's almost the exact same thing always happening to him at yeah. work. So we'll get into it now, then, because now he's at work is the next scene. And uh, this is when we discover that he works at a shoe store and he's a woman's shoe store, a women's shoes. The first, the first shot of the store we see is this kid who's like standing at the wall of shoes and just reaches his arm out and drags it across and knocks everything to the ground. And I wanted to punt that kid in the head. It bothered me so much. I was like, <laughs> fuck that kid. <laughs> like, oh yeah. And we've all worked retail jobs and I've worked plenty of clothing retail jobs. And that kid has been in every clothing retail job I ever had. And yeah, just, yeah you just want to kill him. Have yeah. all of us have had, re- uh, Nick, did you work in any retail jobs? No, I didn't actually. Not the gas station convenience store. Yeah. That's technically retail. Yeah. I'd call that retail. Yeah. I had a brief stint at uh, Old shelves. Navy. I worked at Old Navy for a little bit, a couple of years when I was younger. Ooh, I was tired. I had a bunch of terrible. Them. I had uh, Hoot Nanny. I had Urban Outfitters, H and M, Staples, Staples, the gas station, American Apparel. Wow, you oh, you've done a lot of retail. Long list. You've done a lot of retail. Oh, you, you're like yeah, Dick Van Dyke of... and Mary Poppins with all your jobs. Gordo, you have any retail <laughs> back history? I'm trying I to think. Do I worked at that Christmas store oh, in that's Daniel right. Hall, that's right. which is still there, by the way? Uh, no, it's the not. That was a diff- walked walked by it last no, weekend. No, no, different owners. The Christmas store where oh, the I owner changed. It's exist. no longer there no. because it's got different owners. <laughs> I worked there. Give me a second. The fucking here. same store. No, it's not. The Newbury Comics that where the Newbury Comics is for those who are listening that go to Faneuil Hall. That's where our Christmas store was. This Christmas store has no affiliation to the other <laughs> chain of Christmas retail stores. My point stores. is, is there's still a huge there Christmas store in Fanny It's operational all, all is, year long. Yeah. Is this yes. one owned by the Heat Miser? What happened to <laughs> <Yeah>. the same <laughs> goddamn place? 
Was it called the Christmas Dove? Was that the it was called story? the Christmas Dove? Yeah, yes. this okay. one is too. No, this is the Christmas Love. Totally different story. <laughs> it's not. I don't think it's the same one. Christmas <laughs> Dove. <laughs> if it, it i mean yeah yeah so a christmas store year round yeah it was it was a, a blast a blast all right so so getting past that so that stay open like i'm you sorry you would be surprised how many old women come in and buy nutcrackers actually it's called christmas in boston now oh okay oh, yeah, so see, nick you're a fucking liar christmas in boston christmas right, in so, fucking boston <laughs> so let's let's get back to the shoe store uh so after this shitty kid knocks down all the shoes you see him on a run and the camera pans over with him and it, it introduces you to al's interaction with his first customer and uh basically the the whole thing is she insists uh that she's a size seven which he absolutely is not and she's like, I don't care what that little ruler thing says. I'm a seven. Like, cause you know, why would we trust a measuring tool to measure something? But it's his inflection too. Look lady, <laughs> you're a nine. It's the yeah. way he goes up. It makes it so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a large, a very robust woman. Like what I love huge is that feet. he says to her, like, I've been spending the last hour trying to fit your sh- foot into a size seven shoe when what I should have been doing it is easing it into the box. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then the next one, when he's like, um, uh, she had mentioned something about them having supposed to have, or supposedly to have, uh, you know, good customer service or something courteous, like that. Courteous <laughs> and he was like, no, that was the previous owner. And he died because a size nine blew up in his face. <laughs> size nine <laughs> tragically exploded yeah. in his face. Uh, it killed me. And at this, so when he said that, by the way, are we to understand that he owns the store? Is that like from? No, no, he definitely doesn't. But when he said that, I, that's the vibe I got initially based on I, d- how I got that vibe too that. actually yeah. but i don't think that is the case no, i don't think it is i know but for I, a fact he doesn't but right but we're going by just that him. scene here i i was kind of under that impression by the way that he right first spoke to a customer freely with any without any consequence of a boss i guess the next scene though when luke walks in right after that you know he's not the boss because he would have just fired that guy he wouldn't have been let, let it walked over like that all right yeah well, it seems like there was also like a friendship so yeah so there was luke who was a co-worker of his and I have no recollection of. Oh wait, we also yeah, missed the balloon joke. Yes. I think it was right. Was was? Oh, they already took off. Yeah, yeah the so kid. Look. The kid's about to leave. He's like, I want a balloon. And he just you points to the mom. Goes, you already got one. <laughs> also, the kid is hammering the shoe, and he calls him John Henry. It's like that's how quick the jokes are. That <laughs> that little bit of a joke goes by. You're just, man, they're just cramming them into everything. A John we talk Henry about this, reference. We talk about this in a lot of episodes, but a lot of these jokes, like a modern day Al Bundy doesn't work on 2021 programming. I can't see uh, a television show nowadays where your main character is like calling a woman fat and stuff the whole time. Like I just don't No, Yeah. Wouldn't happen. No. It, even though he's like not, he's not depicted as like the hero, but he's not, I don't think they make him look bad enough to justify it. Like we, you know, when we did, my name is Earl, they established that Earl is a shitty guy like all around up front like he admits it himself but here with al like you're not really under the impression that he's like he's not bad enough to forgive him for saying bad things you, you know what i'm saying does that make any sense yeah oh wait kudos to these actresses like the these extras that come in and by the way al's gonna tear you apart by the way yes yeah. <laughs> he's gonna call you fat and ugly and old and i, f- I forget who it was maybe it was daniel stuff. tosh or somebody who he had little kids on his show once just doing i think they were doing like a two girls one cup parody or something and when he was done he just looked at the camera and was like never underestimate what certain people will do for either them or their kids to have a sad card and that's what this stuff is it's like people just want to get on tv people will do crazy shit to be on tv that's true being made fun of but yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned Luke, so we'll talk about Luke a little bit. He was the, the co-worker of Al's that, it, it just looks like he just sleeps with every woman who comes into the store, and we get a look a little bit later about a guy and how he works his charm, but up front, I'm like, this is like the Playboy guy who gets every girl? I was like, Right, the uh, casting <laughs> is crazy. Like, no offense if Luke is listening out there somewhere, but he's not exactly like what you'd expect, and he's like, oh, he's like the panty dropper guy. Yeah, so I mean, I, at like least Jefferson they kind of show you- Jefferson. Yeah, they who? show you his technique. So I guess it makes a little more sense when you see how he goes about it. But up front, I'm like, this guy is using all his lunch breaks to hook up at random women. Like, I don't, I don't know if I buy that. Yeah. If they didn't show the women, it'd make more sense. Right. Cause if you were like, he's saying it, he could be lying or he could right, be doing whatever. Right. But right. then he you saw it in, in action. Like, oh, another, another lunch nooner Al or whatever. But when you actually see the women, you have to believe that it's real. And, and the other key part that guy. of like the Luke scene is that's also when he offers uh, to take Al to the Bulls game with them that night, which is like. 
What a good guy, by the way. Well, you know, you know, we talked before about like if Al was the owner, right? Why didn't he fire him? Like, it looks like, you know, they have at least enough of a friendship and there's yeah. something in it for Al. So they even if he was the rapport. boss, like, yeah, the, you know, they're buddies and he's hooking him up. So he probably again, the money thing like comes up too, right? This is in the height of Jordan. I don't imagine home game Bulls versus the Lakers in 1987. Those were not cheap tickets. And this dude's got these tickets. Yeah, it's a big game. Right. Yeah. You know, like, that wasn't going to be a cheap game. I thought he was just giving Al a ticket. I don't think Al was paying for his. No, no I'm saying yeah, he, well, he can thing. afford those tickets, right? These oh, two guys guy. have like a house, have expensive. Like that's like not like if you were like you live in Toronto or somewhere and you go see the Blue Jays because there's so many seats that you can get a seat for five bucks every mm, night. Sh- you know? Chicago malls pay very well, apparently. It's been apparently. a while since I've bought women's shoes, but do these kind <laughs> of <laughs> stores exist? Like with the nice chair to sit in, someone is constantly helping you. That's a very 90s shoe store type of thing. Now it's like Foot Locker, but like... I think the world of retail is very different now. That, like to survive, like there's an aisle like that in Target. There's an aisle like that in Walmart. There might yeah, be but some... there's still shoe stores like... But there's also like like stuff famous there. Famous footwear is one I can think of. But like... No, but they don't have chairs or anything like that. It's more... They do have women's shoe stores. They hang stores, you from a rope. And then, and they, they... They, had, they had one like that at Square One Mall when we were like... When we were, when this show was on and we were there, do you remember it was um payless? No, it wasn't payless. It was literally a, a female shoe store. They said to go with my mother, and I remember just being miserable when I was little. Like, and you would and you would drag your arm across the wall and knock I all the that. shoes off. <laughs> and it's strange too. Is is like she he's they're measuring all their feet and stuff like that. And it's like, shouldn't you just like? I know it's part of the joke, but shouldn't you just know what size you are to say, hey? No, but that's a that's a thing. Like, you don't remember that from a... Like, I remember being a kid and having to put my foot in the thing where well, they, yeah, like, Well, yeah, as a kid, your feet thing. are always growing. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it depends on the shoe because the size I wear for sneakers is different than the size I wear for dress shoes. You know, everything is sized That's a true, too, I guess. What yeah. size are you wearing heels, close to where you are. <laughs> what? <laughs> what size are you wearing heels? <laughs> 11. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, too, a, a weird thing. Why would you lie about your shoe size? They want to be looked at as dainty and small. No, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's what, what it, is. it is. It's like it's this a, is literally a nine season subplot of King of the Hill. I think <laughs> it's it's one of those. It's it's no different than are you an XL or a large? And you're like, no, I'm a large. And the the shirt's clearly a little too tight, but you don't want to hmm. admit that your size bigger. And it's weird, like because I mean, feet are feet, right? You can't really do much about that. You can go, you can't go on a diet and go down a shoe size. Like nothing changes that. So it's not really something you should be that hung up on, but. I think there's just a perception of larger feet that they just don't, you know, it, it's not becoming. That they're they're not proud. Maybe of that was more prevalent size. in the '80s that yeah. we don't know about too. No, that's something that probably still good. No, no one wants big feet. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, you know what they say about people with big feet? What? They wear big socks. What's the old expression? You can't build a cathedral on a outhouse. Yeah, that's or something good. like that, right? So I'm making things up. <laughs> that one I think you made up. <laughs> like before, no, that one's real. Bonkers, I'll give you. I don't know about you can't build a cathedral, can't build on, a cathedral on an outhouse. <laughs> waka waka. So that's the end of the work scene. And now after that, Alan's up back home. And uh, as he's coming home, you see Peggy sitting on the couch. And she's she's sitting there just like smoking a cigarette and eating like chocolates or whatever, watching television. And as soon as she hears Al grabs the vacuum and starts to just suck up all the stuff in the ashtray and like clean up all the evidence that she hasn't been doing anything all day. And uh, right as Al comes in, she's, you know, still giving the illusion that she's cleaning. And he lets her know that he's going to go to the game with Luke. And she instantly is like, no, you're not going to the game with Luke. That pissed me off. This, I feel like this, like the dichotomy between the two of these characters leans way too much in not like, or Peggy being a kind of an asshole. You know what I mean? Not working. Doesn't help around the house. Doesn't let him go out. And it's just like, she does vacuum the ashtray though, which is a pretty solid move. Well, the, the thing with married with children is though, it's the normal sitcom. You're supposed to have every character be lovable. They want every character on married with children to be hateable, a scumbag. And at least a little hateable. They're not, no one's, 100% so that's that's why al's an asshole at work you know yeah like and al he's an like al's kind of a shitty guy but everyone around him so terrible that you can still sympathize for him yeah like that's how it's structured and she tells him that uh he can't go to the game because she invited the neighbors over like they have new neighbors and that's like the, the whole reason couple. he can't go yeah a new honeymoon couple that just moved in and at that point that's also when we find out that they've been living there for about 15 years because that gets dropped in the conversation yeah, and they start going, he doesn't want to hang out with them. He doesn't want friends. He doesn't want married friends. Yeah. And she reminds him that if he does go, that 
she has her name is on the bank accounts, her name's on the credit card, and the stores are still open. So if you go to this game, I'm going to rob you. Basically. Yeah, essentially. If, yeah. if you if you try to enjoy yourself tonight when I invited people over without giving you a heads up, I will spend all of your money and bleed you dry. <laughs> but where to believe she does that anyway, so why was that an idle threat? But I also yeah. feel like it's more of a game with those two. I don't think it'll ever actually happen. Like, you never get the idea that Peggy's really going to do something like that. Like, she'd never right. actually leave, or he'd actually ever cheat on her, or, you know. And also, um, throughout all this, we also realized that she never went out that day and bought the juice, which is, like, the one thing that she was going to do while I was at work. <laughs> Why juice and not, like, beer? <laughs> I just think it was so, it was just meant to be something, a simple, yeah, just a simple task. You know what yeah. I mean? It wasn't like a big deal. It was just like something as easy as like, can you run to the store and pick up juice? We need juice. And like, she just didn't do it. Just even in the morning, Al doesn't strike me as a, a juice guy. Like, well, I mean, before I it was just work. A plot he, device. Yeah. But even, yeah, even then he's not supposed to like crack a beer while he's eating his breakfast and then go to work. Like, I don't think he's pegged as quite that character either right because so. that that joke could be anything it could be like peg you didn't get coffee we only have decaf it's the same yeah. thing al it could have right? been like you could yeah whatever cereal device. like anything it just the, the point was something was needed and she didn't do it we we missed we forgot to talk about the joke at the beginning when he had no breakfast and and uh bud didn't finish his and oh, instead yeah, of yeah. giving it to al she fed it to the dog <laughs> just, i hate wasting food and he was like clearly because he had just he had just said like, oh, sorry, like, I'm just hungry. I don't have anything to, to bring to work. And that's why I'm a little in a mood. And then right after that, yeah, is when she's like, oh, the kids keep wasting food. And you see him, like, excited at the idea of having a bite to eat before he leaves. And she just throws it at the dog. Really, it's just a bite. He lights up. Like, you just see him deflate. <laughs> so I assume uh, that was like that. It looked like that faded out to a commercial. And then when it comes back, you're back in the living room again. But uh, this is Bud is asking Al for some money. And he doesn't want to give her anything. But he offers in return information on who kelly's been with so al essentially just pays for some intel on what his daughter's been up to so he's going out with a guy named cobra who has a sore on his mouth that's the funniest <laughs> line of the whole episode to me yeah <laughs> so then later on he comes by the house and he honks his horn and his horn plays the dragnet theme like in <laughs> I thought that was so random and didn't Why fit it? yeah <laughs> it doesn't fit anything it's great but it does not fit and now i want that for my car so i uh, so i i Got kind of locked into that. I was trying to figure out why it was the Dragnet theme. And I was like, I couldn't quite place it. And the only thing that kind of made sense to me was that, um, and, and by the way, to, to those who don't remember the Dragnet theme off the top of their head, if you know the modern day Tums commercials, it's the dum, dum, dum. That's what you might know that, that melody from now. Or the Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks movie from around the same time. Yeah, well, I was going to say to modern listeners listening to our show right now, the thing that they might presently know it from, maybe obviously the Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. In the Honeymooners, Ed Norton would often mouth that, like whenever like trouble was looming, and I thought like maybe they were trying to like do a very subtle tie into the Honeymooners because it's like. Wait, my dragnet from the '80s reference was not something people would know, but they would know the Honeymooners. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that's how they know the song. I'm saying they would know the song from the Tums commercial potentially. But I'm trying to think of why they might have snuck that in this episode oh, of I Married with Children. I thought you said people from the hunt, people would our of our age listening to this would know. No, the no, 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 no. Okay, I'm I saying heard that wrong. I was like, it, wait, no, no, not a lot of people know that. No, I, I'm saying if there's any reason, maybe, and it's just speculation, why they might have snuck that in. It might have been a little bit of a nod to the Honeymooners, potentially with the dynamic of like that show versus the show and like the um the husband wife dynamic. Well, it's Detective Joe Friday. Nikki said it takes place on a Friday, right? Maybe we're uh. Hello, Jojo's on the line. <laughs> <laughs> so as they're getting ready, because uh, Al and oh, and and actually, and Kelly comes in too, and then Peggy makes him give Kelly money too, even though so he paid Bud for information, and now he's rewarding Kelly for all the bad things he just found out yeah, about. He giving just lost her money twenty bucks real quick. Twenty nineteen eighty seven dollars too, which is not an insignificant amount of money to just be giving away. How much is it, Nick? That's your. Uh, that's your. I actually didn't look it up, but you know, it's, it's gonna be about being... fifty bucks, right? That, like, no, a, I was like gonna a... say like probably thirty-five or forty, but yeah, you're our inflation 40, guy, Nick. Wait, you, you're sleeping on us. <laughs> yeah, no, I forgot this one. I was gonna say too that the the only reason why Kelly gets it is because Peg says you can't. We we talked about this. You can't play favorites. Yeah. So there has to have been some point where. They treated the two kids differently. And you're right, yeah. Forty seven eighty three in 1987 would be $20, wow. yeah. That's rough to just let 50 bucks buck out of your pocket. Right, yeah. yeah. Especially and to see your daughter go off with a guy with a... I mean, like, minimum wage in Chicago couldn't have been more than, what, $4? 
It's funny because we did yeah, this for more. Perfect Strangers. Uh, right, yeah. If, if anyone wants to go way back in our archives, I think it was like episode two, four, four. Was it four? Yeah, yeah. For those for for the S one E one historians, we did Friends, Dinosaurs, Home Improvement, and then Perfect Strangers. For yeah, those three thirty five, three thirty five yeah. minimum wage. Let's just say he worked his eight hours. You know what I mean? Like he didn't make fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just you know gave. And it that's provided it's a minimum wage job, but yeah, he basically lost almost you know like a good chunk of his day's yeah. pay just you giving it to the kids regardless. Also, speaking of what you just said there, Chicago around this time had a lot going on because Roseanne is outside of Chicago. Perfect Strangers, Family Matters, yeah, this. Yep. All, so Chicago yeah. was a big and then you had all the John Hughes movies around the same time were also Illinois yeah I, I wonder Chicago. if that was almost like they figured the middle of the country was like the most easy way to make it relatable like to the whole country you know what I mean I think the Midwest is easier yeah like if it was said on the, on the west coast to the east coast it seems that they seem so different east and west coast that maybe this was like the compromise is having shows that kind of took place in the Midwest yeah, so there was a point where after the kids leave where they're kind of straightening up, getting ready for the company to come later, and Al wants to turn the TV on. She won't even let him watch the pregame at this point. So not only can he not go to the game, he's not even allowed to watch the pregame because she says whenever they have company and the TV's on, he gets kind of lost in it and doesn't pay attention to the guests. Guess that he doesn't even want in his home to begin with. So he tells her if he, uh, said, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, honey. I was thinking about killing myself. Just like, this is such a great... <laughs> He's I lost got a good shot for it too. And that's when uh, he finds out their names are Steve and Marcy. And he's like, what's their last name? Gourmet. And I was like, <laughs> is, is like, are these the fanciest names he's ever heard? Like Marcy, I guess, isn't super, super common. It's not like a top 10 name, but like yeah, but Steve, Steve. I mean, is Steve like a fancy name? Like, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't they call him Steven though? No, they say Steve and Marcy. She probably calls him Steven at the time. I don't, and I don't remember. Yeah, she might call him that. Marcy might call him that. But uh, no, yeah, calls it, him Steve. Hey, Steve, you said you're going to teach us how to do the hustle <laughs> for those of you who like Rocco's modern life. Yeah. And then okay. uh, eventually, yeah, eventually yeah. they show up at the house, Steve and Marcy or Steven and Marcy. I, I can't recall specifically how he was addressed. And um, they are kind of insufferable. We find out that they are like, you know, we, we found out earlier that they're like a honeymoon couple. They haven't been around. Uh, they haven't been together for very long. They're married for two months, I think. Two months, yeah, and then they talk about how they do all the chores together and how Steve stopped watching sports just because Marcy doesn't like it and she thinks it glorifies violence and um, gets into a spiel about how she doesn't want to have their future children growing up watching sports because it will teach them to like, it'll it'll overvalue the importance of winning. And, yep. and it will mess them up psychologically. Yeah. And Al asks if he also if they also plan to neuter the children. And <laughs> and what I liked about that is when he said that, Peggy also laughs. And that was like yeah. through all the bickering and all the weird stuff that happens between the two of them, I think that was like the first like, oh, now I see like they're they're on the same wavelength. Like they, they yeah, do they belong for each other. Yeah. Like they might bicker all the time and and they might be somewhat cruel to one another, but they very much are there's a reason they're together. The, yeah, they're together for a reason, exactly. Yeah, her name's Kelly. Yeah, that was the first time I saw them connect. Yeah, and I like the response from Marcy, too, asking Al, like, do you have kids? He's like, yeah, too. Where are they? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, don't like, know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like, too, this is a good thing. You know, you have, because they also ask uh, Al and Peg about their, um, how long they've been married, too, yeah, and they're I mean, like, wow, what's your years. secret? And, you know, I feel like, you know, Al and Peggy are the grizzled vets as far as right. uh, marriage is concerned. Yeah, they've been through the isn't, battles. Isn't Bud at the game that uh, Al yeah, won? Yeah, right, yeah, and, yeah and, that too. Yes, too. That too, yeah. Um, Peggy allows Bud to go to the game because he's like, <laughs> he well, they really the wanted to go. Yeah, <laughs> when he really slaps the couch. <laughs> After this little exchange, they kind of separate. The two men stay in the living room. The two women head towards the kitchen area for a minute. And it's kind of, it, this is kind of fun because now you see this like newlywed couple and they're both isolated with, you know, uh, Al and Peggy respectively and they're both kind of like molding them now and like training them to like what marriage really is and I thought that was kind of a fun yeah, it's a devil the on the shoulder right <laughs> yeah corrupting them Pe Peggy's deliberately making bad coffee for the two guys because the idea would be if she makes good coffee for them and good food that he'll never want to take her out to dinner because the food is good at home so I, I guess Solid logic right yeah there. I, I mean I can I can understand the, the logic there 
Well, she's making him the terrible uh, instant coffee that's just, it's like the bonus cup. It's like four, it's almost filled to the top, and she's yeah. going to fill it with tap water. Not even hot water, just tap water. Have you guys water. even, it's like, just, ever yeah. drank that kind of instant coffee? I don't know if I even have ever tried I drink it. I don't drink coffee anyway. So. It's pretty gross. It's not very... I drink it when I camp good. and stuff like that. It It's fine. I mean, I've never been one of those, like, super gourmet coffee guys. Like, I can, I'm pretty easy to please with it, so. Yeah, I'm, um, a big, I'm a I mean, big coffee I also guy. like cream and sugar in my shit, too. If you're going to drink it black, you're not going to have a good time so yeah i yeah, do I like, drink my I like coffee black dark coffee for the most yeah. time yeah. Like black coffee so it, yeah, yeah i, I drink my really coffee black it. no sugar so i don't think i would enjoy that but that also just seems like a thing that at that time that like in the 80s and stuff like i feel like that stuff was way more popular the instant coffee i think it was like a thing for company too right like you yeah. kept it in the cabinet so if people came over you could have coffee right away you didn't have to right how long was it was it relatively store. new around then like that's one of those things like it came out in the 70s or the 80s or was the late 1800s right i think 16 like, i think 60s or 70s when it first started rick he's first started like freeze drying food for like the army right around yeah. that time well, i think that instant coffee was low class though wasn't it like considered i don't i mean i i don't have a solid really enough know. memory i just no. remember it being more popular in that time i don't really know how it was perceived to be honest um, no, I two, even like 10 years ago or so we were on tour and one of my bandmates bought a bunch of the starbucks version of that and it was like hey so we have to stop all the time for coffee you asshole take these you pour cold water in it. it's a nice coffee and they were awful so even with the benefit of chemicals and everything 20 30 years later yeah. it was still a re- it was still not good it did not like in a pinch sure, the but- same as with the keurigs on now right oh, no this is like coffee? dissolvable mm. this is like the like a powdered it's like almost like crystal light yeah it's like coffee crystal light exactly coffee light and nestle actually uh made it in 1930 and it became popular after world war ii because it was in all the rations that oh wow yeah. we talked about the freeze drying for yeah so it, it makes perfect sense yeah we we usually use a um we we take instant coffee in our house and we have um a german brand and they're actually not bad as far as coffee goes like crown or george i'll, I'll find it and I'll, I'll tell you what it is but is it the yellow can no it's like a square ish and it's got a green and a yeah it's got a green and a yellow um and it's crump crumpot or something like that some some german word but it's uh, not crumpot yeah crumpot yeah <laughs> but it's not bad crumpot coffee jacobs or jacobs or jacobs or some something i think <laughs> is <laughs> <it's> jacobs crumpot coffee i'm gonna go look at it and i'll i'll be back hold on okay all right. All right. Well, while he's while he's looking for his coffee, we can talk about the two guys because as we pan back into the living room, we see that Al turns the TV <laughs> on in, in front of Steve. No, I'm sorry. It's Kronung. Oh, okay. you were right though. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, Jacobs or Jacobs, and it's Kronung. K R O N U N G. All right. Well, that resolves that for those of you. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon, are you gonna make a cup of coffee on the Air Force? <laughs> this is now this part right here is what my favorite part of the entire episode was it's when steve goes to take the cup sip of the cup of coffee and it's just horrible that he turns around and al takes a big swig of his cold water instant coffee and just <laughs> smiles like it's just oh yeah because he's, supposed to he's like, used to it that's so yeah that's his life fucking this funny. is how coffee's supposed to be yeah because that's what yeah that's what he knows coffee to be but yeah i like that in that moment it was like during these like double training it was like al re-exposed steve to sports and it was like like an addict. All he had to do yes, was like yeah. see it for a second, and he slipped right into yeah. the hand down the pants, the relaxedness, <laughs> and like yeah. everything going on. It was like I, I, I thought that was uh, that was really good. That kind of slip into getting his finding himself again, and not just being like um, mm-hmm. her her piece of clay, as Al called him earlier. Yeah. And uh, this is when uh, so the girls come back in when he when they bring the coffee, and Steve announces to Marcy that he's going to go to the game with Al next week, and she's like. No, uh, that's when mother uh, is coming by, so you can't go. And uh, he asks, is, is she coming over to teach you how to bury me like she did her three husbands? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Marcy's like, are you insisting that mother had something to do with all three of their suicides? Like, she had three <laughs> husbands who all killed themselves. That was a good, uh, that was a good, good line. That Which, and, and I do want to, I do want to take a note to say, again, we talk about you know the world then versus now i do want to make note that you know like obviously suicide's no joking matter and you know for those of you who do feel any sort of depression or any sort of way like don't you know don't be afraid to reach out to people you know t- turn to someone when you feel like you're in need 
I just wanted to put that little disclaimer in there because, uh, you know, the days of suicide jokes probably don't fly the same in modern day television. So again, you no, know, yeah, for that, that, age, that age is very differently now. Yes. That's also where, she, where Marcy says, have you been having fun alone, Steve? Which I think is like <laughs> yeah. the funniest married or like longtime couple. <laughs> comment ever yeah that one got me so i don't want to you know I, I i prefer like in other episodes when it's usually joe's brain that goes the wrong way was this was this <laughs> no, that was the to intent be, that was it wasn't it wasn't assumed yeah. to be uh alone uh pleasure time like, that's it. It. yeah okay yeah. okay yeah that's yeah, what because I got he's too. not he's got she's going to bed before me he's staying up so. yeah i was i was almost wondering in a more innocent way if like she was just hurt by the idea that like he wanted to spend a time of the day awake when she's not there to communicate with like, it didn't it was click to me that. right away either and uh towards the end is is when i i got it but yeah i felt like when 1987 she, he's probably watching those suzanne summers infomercials though like that i can do this all day no he's <laughs> watching he's watching the squiggly porn channel where like every once in a while you get an image i was gonna say i, I think it's still a little too early for silk stockings on usa i don't oh. know if that was on yet we were talking about dvds earlier when i was going through because i've been packing and stuff i went through like five or six boxes you find of all your weird porn no, I found the DVD box set of Silk Stockings, uh, and I went uh, to what? keep it. And Kelsey, why was, do you are have you really going to watch that? And I had to sadly say no and put it in the Goodwill. Bin. Why? Yeah, why uh, do you have that? Wait a minute, you're just giving away that to Goodwill. Do you want it? Sure, that could be. You're our not going to watch it. Why? So when you move, Matilda can make you throw it out. <laughs> yeah, that's literally, that's literally going to happen. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. When I worked at that place, Gazelle, for a while, which is like a place, I think it still exists. You can like sell back electronics and stuff. So they would like. People would sell DVDs and stuff to them, and sometimes if there wasn't like what, a catalog, what did you let them pay you with shitty DVDs? <laughs> no, I took that for free. Hey, I need this razor phone. Can I give you this box set of silk stockings in return? <laughs> you got that yourself same a day deal. that I got that silk t- uh, stockings box set. I got a sealed copy of the complete series of Red Dwarf. Nice for Ooh. a dollar. So for a you, dollar, you, you win. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's a good. That's a good deal. Red Dwarf coming soon. S twenty one. Yeah, that's Yo, a, I, I, that's a I'm, I'm thinking scene. maybe of the five of us, it would just be you. But do any of you guys still use DVDs at all? No, occasionally. So I, I just ordered a DVD box set of something and had it shipped to my old address, um, and it's gone. So, um, oh. but I had planned on using DVDs very recently and just I, didn't I pan out. I couldn't tell you, like, in all honesty, when the last time I used a DVD was. It, it must have been at least a few years at this point. I, yeah, I, I, I have no memory. That I think it's good for it. There's a lot of movies and stuff that you that aren't streaming anywhere, like kind of like obscure movies, right? Or like if you want to watch it more than once and it's not for sale to download. There's no, still, and like, I totally, I totally it. understand that point, and we've we've encountered that with some of the shows that we have covered here. Where next week's the show. only way, yeah, the only way to watch them is if you buy the DVD or you pay for them online. Yeah. So, but but that being said, Joe, you're also someone who probably uses your VCR on the regular as well, though. So, yeah, way more than my DVD player, right? So, so to you, DVD is still new technology. It's funny too because I thought about recently, not to go off on a huge tangent here, but I don't like the you know like the Office and Parks and Rec on Peacock. Like I hate the commercials. Like I don't have yeah. the premium, whatever. And I cannot deal with the commercials. And I was thinking, I'll just buy the box sets and, you know, watch them in DVD form. I have, you know, an Xbox here. I can watch it. And then I realized that a season is broken up into like four discs. I'm going to yeah. have to like, you know, That's I'm going to go through like four or five like, episodes. Um, have to you have to find a disc. way to like have it so the, the DVD player isn't close yeah, to Blu-ray's the TV. It has to be. It. It has to be close to where you're sitting, right? So you can like exchange the DVD from yeah. where you see it. And like, especially if I'm in bed and like, and that yeah. Yeah, I'm about to fall asleep and that episode ends and now I'm just on like the DVD home the screen, menu. Screen. It's going to fucking drive me crazy. Yeah. Do they make DVD players that are like those old disc players that you could put like they five? They do. In yeah. Oh, absolutely. Good point. Good point. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. I used to have one um, and I used to play a bunch of kung fu movies in them so i'd have a rotating kung fu movie just in case you wanted to watch 10 hours of kung fu movies with outstanding you were watching the show kung fu actually so that would make sense because it'd be dvd box set it would be but yeah with you i bought the last big box set of anything i bought is i was at a walmart right before pandemic and they had the entire series of miami vice on sale for like 20 bucks it was like the original or the new one what the new one or the original one the original series like uh Don That's Johnson and uh, yeah, Don Johnson one, and uh, I only made it through like three discs. It was just such a pain in the ass, and they were mastered really terribly, and there was no subtitles or anything. So if you tried to watch it at night, if somebody was sleeping, you just couldn't. So yeah, oh, so it wasn't worth the four dollars. <laughs> it was like twenty. I mean, it's worth it. I'm sure I'll watch it eventually. I just rebought the Nightmare on Elm Street box set on DVD just to add to my collection. I have the Blu-rays in there, as I normally watch, but 
the last DVD I remember purchasing was I was at um, a Salvation Army and bought season four of the OC for a few nice. Yeah, because I already owned one through three and uh, hadn't well. owned four. So I was yeah. like, oh, well, I kind of have to now. We do sitcoms, but in the future for Patreon and other things, I would love to cover the OC. Yeah, we maybe we'll do teenage drama or something on a Patreon or something like that, and we can establish how we're going to go about doing something like that. Or we could do a good mix one and do an episode of uh, California Dreams. No, that was a great show. They were that in high like school fake, and they also that, had a band. That was like fake Save by the Bell, right? Yeah, it was terrible. I wouldn't say it was yeah. fake Save by the Bell. It was I like Save by the, the Bell meets the Monkeys. Yeah, and well, I guess like there, are, there are those episodes where Save by the Bell have a band. Yeah, so uh, Jack Attack. <laughs> So Zach let's not, well, before we get too, too far away, cause, cause we've been going for a minute, cause there's, only a, oh, there. there's, there's very little <laughs> of this episode left. Uh, so cause basically after this, um, you know, now Steve and Marcy are arguing a little bit and they basically storm out and Peggy goes and sits on the couch next to Al and they just kind of are reflecting on like their relationship and how they've made it work after all these years. And it's, again, it's like, just like when she laughed at his joke, you could see that despite everything, they are very much on the same page. And they, and they mentioned how like, um, Bud just got an A in his class today. So it's like, even though they don't seem like conventional great parents, he's excelling in school, even though he seems kind of shitty when he's at home, like it, it all works. Like somehow, like everyone kind of finds their role and it works out. And then when they go upstairs too, and they start the, the whole path, uh, Al actually brings up again. He's like, you know, Peg, you really like the coffee. <laughs> so <Yeah>. good. <laughs> yeah. And I, and yeah. I, and I like that, um, right before that, uh, as they're sitting there reflecting, He's sitting there and he took a big sip of coffee and went, you know what? How about next Saturday we go out to eat? Which is great because he was just explaining to Marcy earlier, you got to make the the food and drink not great. So this way that he'll want to take you out to eat. So, you know, it's a nice little callback to that, that scene, uh, you know, a little bit prior. Yeah. And that was, and that was the whole episode. So that's it guys. We we've covered all of married with children. Uh, anything else about the show in general, you guys want to talk about before we move on? There's something about that film stock. And I think it's just a nostalgia thing, but shows from that era like it just brings me back because of our age right our generation that's what tv looked like at the time you know and uh, anytime we watch a show from this like vintage i'm just immediately kind of like warm and in childhood you know what's strange is that came out that was out the same time as perfect strangers perfect strangers felt very dated to me yeah that didn't even i mean clearly it's to the early 80s but it didn't feel old right yeah, because like Joe said, we grew up with that. But let's say we watched True Romance the other day while we were packing. I hadn't watched it in a while, and it was the first time I had watched it since we watched Perfect Strangers. And just it was so hard to see Bronson Pinchot again and not say meatballs <laughs> as loud as I could into the living room. Do you uh, think and- something about that? Sorry, uh, Nick, for cutting you off. Is sorry. there is there something about that that's because of like it's a family show, and there's something inherently like that you can relate to when you see a family sitcom that like takes away the datedness, whether the show's from a prior decade that it just, cause you can put yourself in that role, whether you are the husband and father or you are the child, there's something more relatable than like two strangers who were related, who lived together. Like, I don't know. It's like, you can't connect with that the same way. So maybe that's why, you know, the premise isn't relatable. So it becomes more dated with time. I don't I think know if, if there's something to that. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think it's the jokes. I think it's the writing style because, you, like you said, Perfect Strangers and yeah, Perfect Strangers was a very PG. Well, yeah, what, one was late night, the other was probably early in the day. I had assumed... no, that was a nighttime. I mean, was Perfect TGIF, Strangers so I think was... it would have been like eight o'clock versus nine o'clock, probably. Yeah, so I mean, the writing wouldn't have been too different, but I think it has to do with the writing is what makes the show seem dated. Yeah. To me. I mean, because, like, if you... The way Al talks is in more of a modern, crude manner. Crude, yeah. sarcastic. Not vulgar. He, I mean, he was vulgar for the time. I think crude is a good word for yeah, it. Crude, yeah. yeah. He's not necessarily vulgar. I mean, he doesn't say anything too crazy. I mean, he, like, flippant a little bit at people, but he never says anything that you're, like, shocked by or is crazy yeah. offensive to anybody. Although, at one point, he does call somebody a sissy Mary, which does not age very well. And, and the reality of the world is, and, and maybe it's just us or me or something, but, like, those, like, squeaky clean, perfect family shows, like, that's not, that's not relatable. It's not, to me at least, yeah, that's no, not, not what I grew all. up no. in. So no, even though they that. might be a little bit of an extreme case and a little bit extra, it's like, it's more relatable to see a flawed family that's still right. at the end of the day as a family than like those, like no trouble, no conflict families where everything's all hugs. Like it's just not as realistic. So you can't connect the same way. Also, I went through the trivia on IMDb for this show too, and it is like 15 pages long. There is a ton of trivia, but one of the ones that stood out to me was, uh, 
Ed O'Neill kind of did cameo before cameo was a thing because there's a huge motorcycle going by my house. Um, he would fulfill birthday wishes by calling people as Al Bundy, but the stipulation was it had to be a collect call because that's what Al Bundy would do. So he that's would call amazing. and wish people happy birthday as Al Bundy. And his uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame star is in front of a shoe store. Nice. That's oh, amazing. that's great. Was that done deliberately or is that like a, a, the ultimate coincidence? I, it didn't say. It, just, that was, it was just a fact there. But I would, um, I would say probably not deliberately, but funny if it yeah, was. Yeah, I don't know how it's yeah. selected because I assume they just go down in order, right? Like, yeah, right. So. Wasn't he the spokesperson for 1-800-COLLECT? I remember he, he used to have commercials for that, like one of those 1-800-COLLECT like collect, uh, channel uh, phone numbers. Like, I don't remember at the time. I, I, yeah, it could have been like first. a... Yeah. And I, I know it was one of them. Like Only thing I, I ever dialed know, was so. 1-800-BOOBIES <laughs> what did you on get? the pay phones down the center. Pay phone in the center. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember we used to sometimes call the Orlando Magic's Pro Shop because it was 1-800-HUT-TEAM? So we called 100 Hot Teen once. That's what we thought we were calling. And it turns out that 100 Hot Teen is actually the Orlando Magic Superstore or whatever. <laughs> so you should be talking to people who are like, yeah, the Shaq jerseys are in the back. What do you want? Like, I was looking for some hot teens. <laughs> <laughs> and that was recently you said, right? That <laughs> This was last week. Yes. Yeah, okay. That makes you even more of a creep, you 35-year-old man. All right, guys. Well, I think we covered everything. I think we've gone through the entirety of the episode, and I think there's nothing left to do at this point other than to give it the old <laughs> green light or cancel, so I'm just going to go in the order that I see you guys in. Gordo, you're first. Uh, so the coffee, by the way, for, for those listeners that were hanging on the edge, is Jacob's Cronat coffee. And Nick covered all that. that. While you were looking for it, Nick looked it up and said this. Oh, I actually took my- So I actually my, got it wrong, though, oh. because- he he! I was thinking he had the Cronung, but he has the Cronat. So they're different. One's the golden, one's the dark. He has the golden, I think. So what's he? What is it called? Cronuts? Sipping on Cronuts? <laughs> yeah, all day, every day. <laughs> all day, every day. So is that your everyday coffee? An instant yes, it coffee? Is. Really? Yes, it is. Yep, yep. Um, I had um, when I was drinking decaf. I had a, a an instant decaf Folgers with creamer mixed in, which I know probably makes any coffee drinker. I was gonna throw. say I like yeah. I, I want to get off this, but it honestly wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Interesting. I mean, I'm somebody who for for ten years or so drank decaf only and just started getting back into caffeine. So the decaf yeah, part doesn't bother me. People get weird about decaf. I don't understand that. I just switched to decaf recently. Is weird. You couldn't taste the difference. I taste test. I say you couldn't taste the difference. I think good oh, coffee, you can't. We already know. had a 10-minute no. conversation about coffee. Ferg's so isolated as someone who doesn't drink coffee, so he could <laughs> he could give a fuck about this conversation right now. It's not that. It's that it's twice in the episode. Yeah, it is twice. But I, I literally took my, 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 what do you call these things? My headphones ears. out. Ears. Yeah, my ears out. <laughs> I took my headphones out to go and look, and then I realized I could have just Googled it yeah. with my headphones on. You could have wikipedia it and kept <laughs> in character. I could have. But well, I he did. was Auto sitting drink. there when I was going over it, though. <laughs> I actually was having an existential crisis about whether or not I wanted to get up, come back with the coffee or not. So, well, if you ever have an existential one, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right, for those of you guys listening, also, if you if you want to buy me a coffee, I recently switched to decaf. You can buy me a uh, decaf iced uh, americano. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad that I we're on the decaf that. train here. I, uh, yeah, I now trying to we'll keep do the blood a regular coffee like once or twice a week, but trying to keep the blood pressure down. I'm getting old, so uh, but now to the green light uh, or cancel. Gordo, start off. Green light or cancel? Married with children. Green light. Green light. The show was was too funny. Like you guys said, it, back and forth, the jokes were all there. I laughed multiple times throughout this episode. Green light for me. Ferg, next up. It's a green light for me. I, I love how this show is different from every other sitcom that's on. Was, that was on at the time. Um, everyone was like, like we said, squeaky clean. And this just kind of shows that families come in all shape and shapes and sizes. And it's just a, a different time. I, I could still watch that show and laugh every at every joke Al makes. I, I watch clips on YouTube all the time, even before we started this show. So yeah, green light. Nick. Yeah, green light. Um, I'd just be echoing what uh, I kind of hate when shows are like this too, because I could tell up front that this was going to be probably mostly green light. But yeah, it's funny. It's fun. It's I want to keep watching green light. Joe, do you? Yeah, for sure. Green light. I think one of the interesting things about this show is if you think about we touched on it a bit, but 
when Fox started, Fox's whole thing was to be sort of the anti-network. We're not going to be NBC, CBS, ABC, Simpsons, Married with Children, Tracy Ullman, like all these really interesting offbeat things that I think really made te- television is the way it is a lot of it now because of a show like this. And I think just by the fact that that's the case and it's so funny still and the writing is so quick and yeah, it's, just, it's a really funny show. It reminds me of you think when we were kids. So yeah, not a lot you can say that we haven't all said about it. So definitely green light. Yeah. Uh, so for me, listen, it's it's five for five. I'm going to green light it too. There's, there's really not much more I can say that you guys already haven't. It's just a good show. All the jokes landed with me. I found it funny. I wanted to keep watching. You know, at the end of the day, what else can you ask for? So, you know, green light all the way around from all of us. So yeah, so that's it. Uh, five for five guys. That's all we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to watch Married with Children, you can go to Hulu, where all seasons are available for streaming. Uh, also, if you guys can do us a favor, go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to our social media, to where you can listen to us, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. Rate, review, subscribe, do all those things. It means a lot to us, like I said at the top of the episode. Helps us out a lot. Spread the word. If you think you have a friend of yours that would enjoy this show, by all means, please tell them about it. Reach out to us. We appreciate all the feedback. Everyone who hits us up and tells us how much you enjoy the show it really does mean a lot it's a good inspiration for us to keep going but thank you so much guys that's all we have we'll catch you next week no pig (laughs) 